Hello, and God's peace be with you in Christ our Lord. My name is Michael Larson, and I serve as parish pastor at Luther Memorial Chapel and University Student Center in Shorewood, Wisconsin. Thank you for joining us today to meditate upon God's holy word. Today we celebrate the ninth Sunday after Trinity. Um, this is known as the uh, Sunday of the unjust manager or unshrewd, uh, shrewd manager. And our gospel is taken from St. Luke, uh, chapter 16. Hear the word of our Lord. Jesus also said to the disciples, There is a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management, for you can no longer be manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do, since my master has taken the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So, summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, How much do you owe my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. He said to him, Take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and write eighty. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, all of our Lord's parables, I'll be honest with you, this one admittedly is one of the more challenging. It's the parable of the shrewd manager. So what's it all about? Well, as you heard, there's a rich man, and he's got a manager in charge of his accounts. But this manager was found being wasteful, squandering the rich man's resources, so he had to be let go. So the man found himself in a real crisis. But before he was forced to hit the road and turn in his account, he did something rather shrewd. He said to himself, I know what I'll do, so that when I'm fired, I'll be set with a roof over my head and good provisions. And this is what he did. He went through all of his accounts and cut the debts and loans in half or nearly all together. By his shrewdness, he advanced his career considerably. He banked on the rich man's generosity. He made the rich man look good, and he gained plenty of friends by his shrewdness. The rich man, the landowner, surprisingly commends the manager for his shrewdness, and then adds these words, For the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. Well, what's that mean? The meaning is this. Sinful man is a genius when it comes to self-preservation and pursuing our own interests. We do it with absolute devotion and single-mindedness. We spare no pain. We spare no expense to get what we want, to further our careers, to have the picture perfectification, to retire with a flush amount of cash to live comfortably. The scheming, the obsession of it all, the planning and plotting, the careful use of time and resources is staggering in these things. So consider the content of most of your thoughts. When it comes to worldly success, Advancing our personal interests, we are masters, dedicated to nothing but success. 
And all the while, we Christians who say we belong to the Lord are so often unthinking, negligent, and lazy in storing up heavenly treasures, where neither moth nor rust destroy. Our Lord is rebuking us Christians rather harshly in today's parable. Jesus is challenging us. He's exposing our deep sinfulness here. He says that the sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. What's he teaching us? Well, he's saying that unbelievers running full speed to hell are more industrious, more shrewd, more zealous, harder working in the kingdom of the devil than us Christians, us children of light working in the kingdom of God. In other words, we strive more diligently for earthly gain than heavenly riches. So Jesus is saying to his disciples here, Hey guys, take a lesson, why don't you, from the world's playbook. So consider it all. What if? What if you applied that same energy you have for advancing your self-interest, your legacy, your comfort, your reputation, your ease of life, and devoted that same zeal into alleviating the suffering of others? What if the time God has allotted you, the resources God has given you, whether it be gifts or talents or financial or otherwise, were utilized for spiritual advancement, extending the kingdom of God into his church? What if the time you spend scheming about your worldly future was all spent instead in prayer, commending yourself, your loved ones, and even your enemies to the love of God? What if our obsession for advancing in worldly ways was equaled or outmatched by an obsession to advance into the heavenly places? in our assistance in helping others to do the very same. How much more glorious our churches and our communities would be. This morning we remember that we are but lowly servants. We are only stewards of God's gifts. Nothing really belongs to us. Not a single cent is ultimately ours. To whomever is given much, says Jesus, of him much will be required. Now, Pastor, are you teaching works righteousness? I thought we're Lutherans. Doesn't this contradict the gospel which teaches that a person is saved by faith alone? Not at all. It's true that Christ alone has brought us into his kingdom through his atoning and sacrificial death. He alone lifts us up into the heavenly places. But it is also true that no person will be admitted but the one who has also witnessed that he actually believes in Christ. And these witnesses are our brothers and sisters whom we serve here on earth. Do you remember the parable of the sheep and the goats? They said, Lord, when did we do these things? When did we feed you? When did we welcome you? When did we clothe you? When did we visit you and do all these things, these good works? Jesus answers, truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you did unto the least of these, you did unto me. And it is they who enter into eternal life. Our text tells us this morning that all those whom we have served here on earth will rejoicing come to meet us and tell loudly before all the inhabitants of heaven that we have truly witnessed the love of Christ with our lives and our property and our possessions. Now, do we Christians fall short in these things? Absolutely. The truth is we too have miserably squandered our Lord's resources and possessions. We've been lazy in the kingdom of God, we should be the ones to be fired, canned, and let go, separated from God for all eternity. 
But the parable this morning is truly a parable of comfort. Because just look what he's done for you. Our Lord has stepped in. He shrewdly dealt with your sins by tricking the devil and dying your death. He was forsaken by God, therefore canceling the record of debt that stood against you with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. And he triumphed over all of it in his resurrection, announcing peace with God, your forgiveness, full and free. Like that shrewd manager, your Jesus, he banked everything upon the mercy of God, knowing that everything forgiven in his name and by the blood of his holy cross would be honored by his Father in heaven. A mercy has been extended to you that is not fair. You Christians, baptized and called by this holy gospel, you walk away with riches this morning that you have not earned and barely even thought to ask for. Dear Christians, you are not in the red unless we're talking about the blood of Jesus. For every debt has been paid, every sin has been atoned for. Your account is full. You've been credited with the very righteousness of Christ. And this same mercy, this same word of forgiveness that frees you, you have the privilege of speaking to one another in love. You too have the privilege of cutting debts, looking past one another's faults, and being industrious in acts of mercy loving one another as you have been loved by God. Finally, what else can we learn from today's parable? Well, it's no coincidence that those debtors in today's parable walk off scot-free with copious amounts of oil and wheat. Folks, this is the parable about us Christians and life in the church. We are the poor sinners who have squandered the rich man's possessions and selfishness and sin. And yet here is Jesus, who cancels our debts, reconciles us to God, and sends us packing with the cleansing oil of holy baptism and the heavenly bread of his supper, which nourishes and sustains us on our journey. Also that when this poor life of labor ends, our money, our possessions, and our own bodies decay and return to the ground, when all else fails, we would be raised up in the resurrection, restored and welcomed by all the saints of God, into our eternal home. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in meditating upon the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are interested in visiting Luther Memorial Chapel, our Worship services are Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and Monday evening at 7 p.m. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Amen.